welcome to another episode here at Supernatural Confessions Podcast, where it is a safe place for you to confess all your experiences, be it supernatural, myths, urban legends, superstitions, or even the unknowns. And as a team, we'll compile and feature your confessions on our platforms. You may reach out to us through our Facebook page or website. You just need to search supernaturalconfessions.com And you are also invited to join us every Friday night on our Facebook Live where Eugene, the founder of Supernatural Confessions, Sonia Kurana, occasionally Joe Dakota, and I host a weekly live show discussing all about the supernatural. I'm Kim your host for this podcast series and now let's get on to the confessions is anyone here what did you find you are listening to supernatural confessions for today's podcast we're going to start with a very jolly voice telling her story, which happened many, many years ago. So, ladies and gentlemen, here is Auntie Lulu. Hello everyone, I'm Geraldine, or you can call me Auntie Lulu. Uh, now I'm going to tell you my personal ghost story. Story number one, The White Candle. This is my first time sharing my story for the half of the century of my life. I had encountered many unnatural incidents in my life. I was born and raised in a kampong opposite Sambawang Park, that's Andrew Avenue. I used to go to the only community centre to watch TV programme at a very young age. Even I don't understand a single word. You see, in the 60s, to own a black and white TV set is considered very rich. So after some years, my apa bought the very first black and white TV with a pulling bamboo door and it was placed in the living room that had only one window. That happened to face my neighbor car park. I became a regular audience. So one night after watching RTM3, the Pontiana show, around 11.30pm, was pretty late. I have to close the only window and I told myself not to look out because I have this dreadful feeling something was not right. Out of curiosity, I looked out and saw a white light candle in mid-air at the car park. I pulled and closed the window and still asked my second sister, the scary cat of the family, to open the window one more time and see what was outside. She said, See what? No one out there lah? Well, I did not think much of it as I wasn't afraid at that time. But the next day, when I told my mum, ah, mm, at that time, in the 60s, it was very pantang to call your own mother, mama, mama, or mother. I called her, ah, mm, that is the Tuape wife name. When I my mom gave me the reply that the neighbor wife, because her husband recently passed away, so my mom explained that Kinso, the neighbor wife, could happen to 
pray to her husband. Why not two red candles with orange and health money? Why one white candle? And she managed to like it in the midair. Did she learn a few tricks from Chris Angel? What do you think? So we played Auntie Lulu's confession in one of our Friday Facebook Live session, and a lot of our friends enjoyed her confession. So we reached out to Auntie Lulu and got some more confession from her. And here, it's another one. Auntie Lulu here. Today I'll be sharing my story on the baby feet. Ah,、uh, my because ah、uh, with all the sibling and my parent. All together is ten of us sleeping in the only bedroom that my parents have. So in the seventy, my father renovate another floor up the shop, ah,、uh, two room with、uh, one living room. Then ah,、uh, all the girls sleep up up there, and ah,、uh, my two brother sleep in the living room. So ah,、uh, there was this ah、uh, very night when I was sleeping. I somehow、uh, wake up from my sleep and、uh, I turn automatically and、uh, look under the gap of the bedroom door. I don't know why. Oh, uh, then uh, when what I saw was that there was a shining baby feet walking left, like marching like that, left to the right, then left to the right. So I was. Asking myself is really impossible because my two brother was sleeping in the living room just outside my door. So me and my second sister was sleeping in our bedroom. So who was that tiny feet walking left to right? And then、uh, when the next morning I told my aunt、uh, about this, she gave me an excuse, say that the、uh, moonlight shine from the side window, which was closed, and now、uh, we my father cover with a green like fish net to prevent mosquito from flying in. Um, I didn't really argue with her lah. But、uh, after telling my mum about the white candle, the girl beside me, the baby feet, every school holiday, I was sent to my aku house at Pasumpa or my ama house at Nisun, Old Nisun. Every school holiday, I was sent over there alone, all by myself. Just pack a plastic bag of my clothing and. They just leave me there for my entire school holiday. I don't understand why. So、um, I guess、uh, up until today,、uh, I realized maybe my mum thought、uh, I'm too sensitive to the ghosts, or maybe I have something you want to. Ah, so until ah、uh, too bad lah. She didn't explain to me because、uh, she already she has already passed away more than. Twenty-two years. Ah,、uh, so ah,、uh, thank you for listening to my story. You are listening to supernatural confessions. If you have your own confessions to share, reach out to us on our Facebook or website, Supernatural Confessions. Remember, you. Are not alone.
I can see good supernatural beings too. Confessions by Terry Lee. I was born with a special ability to see things that others were not able to see or feel. The third eye as they call it. And I used to think this ability to see these supernatural beings would bring only bad luck and even calamities into my life. But what I didn't realize was that I could actually see beings from the lucky world as well. The most unforgettable sightings happened sometime during the Chinese New Year many years back. I had this group of very good and close friends who always gathered together during the major festivals like Christmas or Chinese New Year to celebrate. On that particular night, we planned for supper at one of my friend's place. He was living at Chai Chi. We had a great evening and everyone left the place feeling cheerful and satisfied. My friend Gareth, who was also acting as my singing manager at that time, was driving me home after the gathering. His car had just come out of his parking lot at the Chai Chi HDB car park when I noticed a very young boy. I guess he was only about three or four years old, standing beside another car to my left. He was wearing a red-coloured garment with red-coloured pants, like those worn by children in ancient China, and his cute little face was smiling widely at me. I wondered why his parents would allow him to wander out alone so late at night. When Gareth's car turned into the lane leading to the exit, I saw the boy again. This time, he was standing beside another van and still smiling so sweetly at me. My friend didn't seem to see him at all. I waved at him and he waved back his smile still hanging on his handsome face before the car zoomed out onto the main road and I lost sight. I did not tell anyone about what I saw, not even Gareth. That weekend, I struck first prize on 4D. That Saturday. And the following Wednesday, I struck again. That same Sunday, I won one more time. I was not a 4D enthusiast. And after striking three numbers... I did not have any more numbers to bet. So I took out one of the numbers that I had won and replaced the last two digits with two zeros that following weekend just for fun. And guess what? That number really came out and I won again. It was truly unbelievable. So for those who could see the netherworld beings like me, do not feel disheartened. Maybe one day you would see this small red boy as well. Good luck. That is a confession confessed by Terry Lee and is voiced by Eugene Tay. I guess from the confession, we can say that not all supernatural beings are in the bad category. Some of them, like the one that Terry met, was actually of the good luck. Would you want to encounter the one from the good side? Listening to Supernatural Confessions. Whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there.
So just to prove whatever I said earlier on, I found another confession on our SC private group. It must be the Hantu. This story is from Hida Winanta Beglan. The confession started with, I am not really good in storytelling. My apologies if the story is a little long-winded. When I was living in Singapore, I had some supernatural encounters too. I live in Simei. I spend most of my days typically outside, tend to stay back at work doing OT or went to the gym in the evening. So I would usually come home late at night. Singapore is safe, so I feel safe walking back home alone or even jog during midnight. Somewhere between 2012 and 2014, when I just fell asleep. Suddenly, I felt like I was awake as I could see my room exactly from where my sleeping position was. But this time, I saw a man. He was tall and bald, could not see his face at all. His whole body was covered in pastel blue shining glitters. He was pressing my body so I couldn't get up. I panic and keep saying prayers. I was trying to get up, but I couldn't. I don't know how long it took me, but I remembered. I asked him, what are you doing here? What's your intention? And he answered, you never you pray, never pray anymore. anymore. You have you forgotten, have forgotten God. God. I was not a religious person when I was young. I went to Bugis Kwan Yim Tong Hut Cho temple regularly, but there was a stage where I never visited the temple for a long period of time, and that's where this happened. So I still tried to get up while he told me that. Then suddenly, he got up and walked towards my bedroom door and asked him again, Who are you? He turned around and only replied, I, I am from am somewhere, somewhere else, else. But, but I always, I always see you. you during your night walk. Then he left. And that's when I was able to get up. That was a strange experience for me. A scary, but at the same time, a touching encounter too. Because he actually had good intentions, tried to remind me to be more spiritual. Might be a ghost or deity or something else. Till this day, I still don't know who he is. But whoever he is, I'm sure he'll be happy because today I am a better spiritually person now. If you like the content here on the podcast, you are also invited to join Eugene and Kim at Supernatural Confessions Facebook page every Friday 10pm Malaysia and Singapore time where they will discuss, dissect and go deeper in details on your confession and I'll be waiting for you there. Moving on to the next confession. The next confession happens to a place that I used to work. Although we are no more longer working in that office, but as this story was told by an ex-colleague, the place, the ambience, working there, late at night, everything is still so fresh in my memory. Here is the confession entitled, Moon Represents My Heart by Eileen. 
And also, I would like to mention a special thanks to Nicole for featuring her voice in the singing part of the story. Clock in the shape of a sunflower on the office wall shows half past 12 midnight. I'm still with Jensen in the office rushing reports. Clients need it urgently for their meeting in the following morning. During normal working hours, there are roughly about 10 of us. But because me and Jensen are in charge of this particular project, that is why there are only both of us left in the office. Though I had been in the office since 8 this morning, but I know I need to finish the report before I can call it a night. Everyone knows the fun side being an event manager. You get to organize agendas, meet celebrities, building props you can only dream of when you were younger, and also your work is never the same every single day. But not many know that the work also comes with mountains of paperwork, planning, executing, pre, post event is all in report form. Detailed writing and precision in numbers are all important to client as data, although sometimes I doubt they actually really read the whole thing. As my keyboard click clacking, typing in numbers about the event that I just concluded two days ago, Jensen opened the office door heading to the staircase for his don't know how many sticks of smoke. Our office is situated on the first floor and we shared the floor with a vocal training centre so occasionally we could hear people singing next door. Good or bad, we have heard it all. But who are we to judge? We are no professional singer. Usually, he would take a few minutes outside having his good time huffing and puffing. But that midnight, he came back in lesser than two minutes. He has the word terrified painted all over his face. Let's go. Don't ask. Just pack up your stuff and go. He said to me while heading to his desk to pack his own bag. Nah, you go ahead. I have a little bit more. I'll finish this off and I'll lock up later, I told Jensen, thinking he might want to go off because it's already very late at night. He then looked at me with this certain serious stare and said, Leave and don't say no. I'll explain later or tomorrow. Seeing that stare, I just obeyed and started to pick. This is when I heard Lines of the song made famous by Teresa Teng or Teng Li Jun in the year 1977, or the moon represents my heart, echoes from the center next door. But there is this heavy, sad and loneliness emotions all at once in the voice of the person singing. I stop to listen and when I look at Jensen, he's already walking to the door in a hurry and at the same time gave me the signal to hurry up. I do not know why, but I suddenly feel the cold chill running down my back. I took whatever I needed and hurried downstairs with Jensen. As we walk past the door of the centre next door, I can still hear the song echoes from inside. We felt the ground floor was extremely far at that moment. 
懂我的心，深深的短情。When we reached our car, Jensen asked me to meet him at this 24-hour MACD, which is nearby. His voice trembles and he seems a little pale. With no objection, I nodded and got into my car. Right before then, I turned and looked at the window of the training center. It was dark. The smell of hot coffee hits us both when we sat down at the fast food chain. Jensen then told me what happened. He was out to smoke earlier on, which is around 10-ish. As he was smoking, he saw the owner of the center came out of the door and locked the door behind him. As we do not really know each other, we normally just greet each other with nods. The owner then leaves the studio with his partner. Not long after they left, Jensen, who is still sitting at the staircase scrolling his phone, heard what sounded like a woman weeping. <laughs> at first, he thought the owner might went out to get some food and left the TV or the monitors on. So he did not think much about it. So he came back into the office. From that moment, he started to feel uneasy. The final smoke he took before he came in all terrified is when he went out and heard the singing of "The Moon Represent My Heart." The all in heavy, sad, loneliness emotions flooded all over him, as well. When he heard it, this is when he decided to leave. He sat nearest to the door. If the owner came back, he would have heard the opening of the grill door, and everybody in the office know that it's a loud creak every time the grill is swung open. He could not explain the weeping. We both do not know who is singing next door, but Jensen swore that he saw the owner leaving the studio. It was pitch dark before he closed the door, and there is no possible way that anyone else was inside. To today, we do not know what exactly happened that night. For not long after, we moved to a new office, and the old office became a storage area. I guess the moon represents my heart, or 月亮代表我的心 is really a famous Chinese song. Even friend from the afterlife sings it. You are listening to Supernatural Confessions. If you have your own confessions to share, reach out to us on our Facebook or website, Supernatural Confessions. Remember, you are not alone. To be honest, I had a lot of fun producing confessions that features song inside. So. I went ahead and go and look for another confession that has music in it. So the next confession comes from Leon Nicholas. I work in the hospital lab and currently doing a night shift. I believe this is him talking during the time of posting this. So I recall a story about an incident that my previous workplace, which was also a hospital lab. One night, I had to do a night shift at a microbiology department of the lab, which was pretty deep inside the main lab. I was alone most of the night, as all the other night shifties were at the outer part of the lab, nearer to the main door. 
Everyone who did the same microbiology shift that I was doing always bring their phones with them to blast music while they are working because the silence can be super creepy around the lab. Well, on one particular night, I blasted some rock and while streaking plates of bacterial cultures. To my horror, my bloody phone died on me halfway through the night. I had no charger, I had no power bank with me, so the phone remained dead. Suddenly, I heard this strange noise coming from outside my workstation. So I went to find out the source of the sound. I still get goosebumps when I think about what I heard. This strange song was coming out from the radio on the table. However, the radio was spoiled for the longest time that I could remember. But on that particular night, it was working fine. And it was playing a traditional Chinese opera music. But Leon did not actually explain what happens after that. That could be the reason why he is no more longer working at the same hospital lab. You are listening to Supernatural Confessions. If you have your own confessions to share, reach out to us on our Facebook or website, Supernatural Confessions. Remember, you are not alone. For the next audio that you're gonna listen to, it's a short teaser for a YouTube video, which is an interview that I've conducted regarding about this lady, which her family was a victim of black magic. If you want to watch the video in full, just head to our YouTube channel and search for Supernatural Confessions. The house is located at BDC, Taman BDC, and it's a normal looking house, you know, just like any other house in the city. Talk about how there's always strange happenings like when she was pregnant in her bedroom late at night, she would see this black cat staring at her at the edge of the bed. The cat is just there doing nothing and just looking at her. And there's also times where she would always have this certain bad stench at certain areas of the house, a corpse-like smell, but it would be gone. And another day, it would be uh, somewhere else in the house. Then comes to my brother, my elder brother. He has his own story where uh, he said when he is young, when he wants to go down like late at night, maybe 1 or 2 a.m. to have water in the kitchen, he would stop by uh, the staircase because, you know, it was dark. And then the lights to the living room was at the staircase. But right before he tried to turn on the light, he would hear people in the kitchen. And also, there's always times where I wake up, my mom will always find new bruises on my legs. And that made my family pretty uneasy. 
because it's usually me who have it and it's always on my leg never anywhere else on my body so what happened was the staircase was facing the door i heard a uh, knocking once i did not layan it lah the knocking got louder was too loud once or three times like that then i ran up when i ran up i i asked my my maid did someone came but how did they get inside the door uh, the gate is locked so um when she peeped out there was no one there it was unexplainable so what happened that time it was around 8 or 9 pm at night i was with my maid she was doing her cleaning so i was just there you know chatting with her and then at that moment i saw there was a silhouette of a kid why i say it was a kid because it was very short I saw a silhouette of a kid in the kitchen in the dry kitchen because I was at the wet kitchen can and then the kid was you know jumping up and down so I was wondering eh when did my cousin came so we invited my uncle over he is also an islamic healer so they invited him over to the old house to give it a cleanse so he went over with my parents and my elder brother they did some recitations of uh, the Quran all over the house and i remember uh, receiving a text message from my brother in the the family group chat he was saying that my uncle found several items look similar to what black magic practitioner would use to kenakan people lah items like um You are listening to Supernatural Confessions. If you have your own confessions to share, reach out to us on our Facebook or website, Supernatural Confessions. Remember, you are not alone. The next confession, it's going to be a rather long confession. And the next confession comes from Ritan also posted in our SC private group. It must be the Hantu on Facebook. This happened within my family many years ago and this happened in Penang probably when I was between the age of 12 or 15. So from my previous story that I mentioned, my grandpa bought these two corner houses which I was staying in this corner landed house since I was born. To specify, it's just beside a big T junction. And Chinese do believe that leaving on an intersection will have very bad feng shui, which will create severe loss such as job, money, health, and so many others. Moreover, there has been a lot of car accidents that involves death as it is a busy T junction and the reason i picked this confession is it's related to black magic as stated by Reeton so just a short introduction my grandpa was a successful businessman back then and he had such good fortune till he could afford to have two mistresses but we stayed together in harmony for years although i know it sounded weird My dad was a son from the first wife, so naturally he's the head of the house. First few years, everything was fine. One day, which is years later, my dad and the third 
mistress, well, I would say here, the good one, and we call her Amma, went out to our huge garden for gardening as usual. But this time, they sensed something different, the atmosphere. Minutes later, my Amma saw a few toyos playing around like hide-and-seek. For listeners that are not familiar with the term toyol, here is what I found on Wikipedia. A toyol is an undead infant in Southeast Asian folklore. It appears in the mythology of Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, Singapore, and Southern Thailand. It is invoked as a helper by shamans, bomo, or dukun, by the means of black magic. The creature is used to rob people of their riches. And now, back to the story. My Amma was shocked, but she remained calm. She only asked my father whether he saw what she saw or not after they came back to the house. Weird thing, my dad never saw the toyols, but he saw some huge shadowy figure lingering outside the gate and around our house compound imagine it's broad daylight. Well, this continues for a few weeks and my dad couldn't take it anymore, so he seeks some advice from the monks from a famous temple just behind our house that my dad used to go for prayers. So the monks came over to our house and did some investigation. Not to our surprise, the toyos and the shadowy figures were sent by someone and it's from a family member. The monks then told us that they have been fed for a very long time, so that the toyos and shadowy figures would gain more power or energy. That's why they could show themselves and things might get worse. My dad did ask the monks to do some cleansing, but it doesn't work because it's not just the toyol or the shadowy figures, but those dead souls that died from the accidents as well, which was a lot as the area is accident prone. So we got no choice but to seek help from a tanki. This is a medium. He then asked my dad some questions related to family properties. And yes, we are having a lawsuit with the second mistress. Here, I would categorize her as the wicked one, and we call her Popo. So, after some minor help from the Tanki, things seems to ease off a little, but still could not send them off. After months, things got worse in terms of my Amma's health and my dad's business. Less than a year, my dad's company went bankrupt. But thank God, my Amma's health still bearable. We was really afraid, so we sold the house and we moved out. Until today, the house became a shop houses and changed a lot of owners, but never any of them that turns out to be successful. I'm sorry to say, but the toyos are probably still there and affected their business. And if some of you might curious why only my Amma and Dad was disturbed by the toyos, I believe this is all due to jealousy. And for my dad, of course, Popo knew he would get more assets compared to herself and her sons from my grandfather because my dad is the eldest son. 
This is actually continued as part 2. As I mentioned, before my dad and Popo was in a lawsuit and the case took nearly 8 months to a year. In between that period, things didn't improve and my dad planned to give up the case because he just doesn't want to face all those BS as he just want his family to be safe and healthy. But by law, no matter how hard Popo fight for the case, she will never win as the will stated, it goes to my dad. Due to the case and Popo were not happy with us, she moved to stay with her son. Let's call him P here. Well, P was a representative swimmer for Penang State. He's quite famous back then and he was very unhappy that they lost the case. He told everyone and reported this fake news to the local reporter. We saw a newspaper that he somehow mentioned that we framed my popo, but we just ignored it and we did not keep in touch anymore. As time goes by and case ended, my dad went back to the same temple to do some prayers. He met the head of the monks which helped us before and get to know that Popo did not continue to give offerings to those toyos that she used to fed. And this is what my father told me. The monk knew because they would walk by our house sometimes. They saw and maybe even communicate with them and that they were hungry and angry at the same time. After some time, probably after a year or so, we received the news from relatives that Popo was diagnosed with cancer and she is on her third stage. On top of that, she also suffers from stroke and depression and has been hospitalized for months. We did pay a visit to Popo and we got the shock of our lives. She was covered with deep scratches all over her body and nobody knew how she got those scratches and her eyes was in a lost state and she kept on mumbling to herself. P told us she would even make some evil laugh and screams at night as if she was pleading to the spirits to spare her life. My dad found the scenario was getting worse. He invited the Tanki, which is the medium, again to visit my popo and help but her karma has arrived. She have been disturbed by the evil spirits, which only at this time we found out that not only she fed toyos, but she did other kind of black magic too, and that she summoned before which she never get rid of them in a correct way. And yes, they were stuck with her for the rest of her life and would even pass down to her family. The medium then tried to help, but what he can do was to make her suffer less. As it was her karma because she did not kept her promise within the rules of the black magic. As such, she must bear the consequences. Soon after that, Popo passed away at the hospital but was not in peace. During her final moment, she was in pain with more unknown bruises and still kept pleading to the spirits. Last but not least, P met an accident months later while having his training at the swimming pool and met him paralyzed as he broke his spinal cord. We were stunned that P told our relatives something pushed him hard from the diving board which caused him knocked his spinal cord and was as if pulled by someone that he nearly drowned. Until now, it remained unclear whether it was caused by the same evil spirit my popo summoned.
have come to the end of this episode of Supernatural Confessions. If you have enjoyed this episode, please rate us with a 5-star review on whichever platform you are streaming this podcast on. Go on and tell your friends and family about us. You can find more of our content on YouTube, Facebook and our website. Search for keyword Supernatural Confessions. If you or someone you know have a confession to make, visit supernaturalconfessions.com. You can send it in text, voice memo, or even video format. Let us know if you want your identity to be kept secret. Supernatural Confessions is created by Eugene Tay. Until the next episode, my name is Kim, your host for this podcast series signing off with Whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there.